Hello, ladies and gentlemen and in-betweeners. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Alexander Rodriguez, here for On The Rocks Radio Show, where celebrities and cocktails mix. Tonight, we celebrate activists, actors, music, and mayhem with our handsome Omar Sharif Jr. And direct from New York City, we have Cabaret and Mac Awards winner Rick Skye. We have a live performance by singer-songwriter Charlene Modeste. And visiting from the Big Apple today, from Pink Banana Media, we have President Matt Scalarud. Scalarud. Woo! Woohoo! <laughs> Already. <laughs> Cocktails and celebrities mixing. Um, and my boy crush every day, a uh, socialite and musician, James Paul Gussie. <laughs> so many weird pronunciations today. So let's raise a glass, join in the chat, let the games begin. <laughs> And most poor suckers are starving to death. I'd like to propose a toast. This is On the Rocks with Alexander, coming at you from Sunset Gower Studios in the heart of Hollywood, where I drink with your favorite celebrities and we talk about fashion, entertainment, pop culture, reality TV, and and that's about it. So pop a cork, pour a glass, lean back, and enjoy On the Rocks every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. It is going to be a bumpy night. Look at, listen to that applause. I mean, that that applause is for real. It's real canned, y'all. Uh, I'm just obsessed with today's show. We have a little something for everyone, um, as usual. Chris, uh, you're going to have to gay, gay it up today. Sorry. Another one. Um, and to my panel, I'm sorry. It's all good. Uh, yeah, it's, it's all good. Uh, prepare the sexual harassment uh, suits now because, you know, <laughs> you're all so gorgeous. Uh, hello to our listeners around the nation on iHeartRadio, Universal Broadcasting Network, Player FM, Spreaker, Stitcher, TuneIn, Satchel, iTunes, Google Play, YouTube Live for the first time today. And, of course, we are on Facebook Live on Hillcrest Social in San Diego, True FM in Ohio, and nationally on Reverie Network and uh, Barreled Magazine. Rawr. Uh, check out my interviews, movie reviews, and movie news Mondays in uh, Bear World Magazine. Magazine. This week I wrote about uh, Jake Gyllenhaal is being viewed as the next Batman. Uh, why? Why? He always has those watery eyes. He's like the Amy Adams of men. You know, where they're just like always crying about something. I've never been like think that he's like hunky hunky. Yes? No? No. You guys can talk. It is a radio show. <laughs> he's a handsome man. Yeah, but like people swoon over him and like there's fan pages and I, I just don't see it. He fits a type. What type? Well, you just like the Amy Adams of men. Yeah, like people are go gaga over Amy Adams. Brokeback Mountain type. Well, uh, he was okay in Brokeback Mountain. (laughs) I saw Brokeback Mountain, and I didn't really know how graphic it was because I was in Orange County at the time. So I went with my mom and my grandma, and I sat in between them. (laughs) Oh, oh, my grandma. She was like, "Hey, hey!" When things were happening, it was it was a little uncomfortable. Let's just put the popcorn down real fast. Uh, Also, in casting news, Jude Law is playing the young Dumbledore in Fantastic Beasts Two. I hope there's some like Professor Snape, Dumbledore like fan fiction happening in the next film. No. Oh my. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, for our audio listeners, you can check out our video stream on Facebook um, and now the Hillcrest Social app with all of the On the Rocks video streaming for free. Download the app today. Um, they have tons of concert giveaways, product giveaways, and and fun stuff. So check that out. Coming up, we have international music uh, musician Chris. This is for you, Z Lala. She's gorgeous. Uh, that's, oh. 
Oh, is I she your girl? She okay. is my girl. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, she performed at Palm Springs Pride, where I was MC, and so, yeah. Uh, Jake Busey, son of Iconic. Uh, Gary Busey is coming in to chat about the Predator reboot that he's doing. His dad was in the original Predator. He's doing the reboot. And, of course, he was in Starship, uh, Starship Troopers. American Horror Stories, Erica uh, Irving is coming in. We have boy band Echo V coming in. TV's fashion stylist Lauren Zarian and the Bravo Boys, Craig Ramsey and Brandon Liberati are back. Actress, uh, actress Adrian Barbeau is coming in to chat about her career in horror films, and she's kind of on a resurgence. She also played B. Arthur's daughter, daughter in Maud. You, you don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> oh, God. Whoop, whoop. And for you, TV Land classic lovers, uh, we have one of the original actors from uh, Happy Days, as well as Little House on the Prairie coming in. They're going to share the same episode, so TV Land people, rejoice. Uh, my mom, Mama Rose, is in the chat room on UBNRadio.com and Facebook Live. She's answering all your questions. Um, Omar, she wanted to say hello to you. Hi, Mom. Yes. She, she put her vodka down for the, for that second. Uh-huh. Ask her your questions. If it's a burning question, she's going to let me know, and we will ask it on the show. But keep her busy, otherwise she's going to get wasted, and I'm going to have a new baby daddy. Uh, <laughs> hello to our engineer, Chris. Chris, you let your hair down today. Like, literally, let your hair down. Yes. Um, I got this email uh, from a listener. They want to know what your fi- favorite time of day to smoke the ganja is. All time. <laughs> <laughs> is, do people say ganja? I'm, I'm so not with the pot. Ganja. Ganja? It's, you know, we nobody, mean. No, nobody says the pot. Either. My mom says hashish. <laughs> I'm like, it's like Come the on, <laughs> Yeah, so what do you say now? Like the Dang, cigarettes and shit. No, but like when you say, hey, you want to smoke some pot? 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 pot. pot. Take a like, toke. Bro, you trying to smoke? Like, that's about no, it. Well, but you do not want me to smoke. That's what like, you That's all you got to say, though. Like, you you just want to smoke? But what if they're like, yes, I want to smoke? <laughs> <laughs> It, no? Yeah. Chris. Like Chris is looking at me like this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, like us on Twitter and Instagram at On The Rocks On Air, on the web, on the rocks, radioshow.com. Send me an email. Book me for a wedding, funeral, quinceanera, bris. <laughs> I don't care. I will be there. Info at On The Rocks, radioshow.com. I put the fun into funeral. I will <laughs> let you know. I will let you know. I used to be a cantor at a Catholic church. Yeah. Oh, 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 Chris. Chris is jumping in. He wants it closer uh, to my mouth. <laughs> I guess. Uh, yeah, insert joke here. There we go. There we go. But I used to be a cantor at funerals, and I hate to say it, it was good money. Because you sang the same eight songs at every funeral, and then you'd get a check for a lot of money. Mm. But it's tough to sit through. Anyway, mm. <laughs> anyway, uh, On the Rocks is coming to you. Uh, holidays, holidays are here. December third, On the Rocks radio show will be in Palm Springs for Sanctuary Palm Springs Holiday Gala. Uh, Sanctuary is the LGBT foster home in Palm Springs, and I will be there with Golden Globe winner Joanna Cassidy, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago. And Chris, you had such a crush on her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to be hanging out with her and open bar. <laughs> That's oh going to be fun. Uh, Broadway singer uh, Julie Garnier will be performing. It's held at Spencer's Bougainvillea Room at 5 p.m. Uh, so if you want to join me, be there December 3rd. Go to sanctuarypalmsprings.org to get your tickets. I'm sure we'll do a live stream or something, uh, but you can't go wrong with Joanna Cass. We have such a good time. The first NFL team to officially endorse an LGBT organization is here, and On the Rocks will be on the scene. The Chargers, that have just moved to L.A. from San Diego, have partnered uh, with Venice Pride, and we, uh, we are doing a viewing party on December 16th, a venue to be announced shortly. Um, I will be there, and we're working on... Uh, having our first ever LGBT night at um, an NFL game. That'll be interesting. I actually love football. Believe it or not, I have the jerseys. I watch the games. 
I definitely eat the food. I know the players. I know the players mostly when they're like turned away from me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. And not because uh-uh. not because of the name on the back. Yeah. Um, so uh, if you're in the area for December 16th in LA area, come out and have some fun with us. Also, back to Palm Springs, February 8th through 12th. Reason I'm telling you so early is to book your vacation for five days. I'm going to be your official host for IBC, the International Bear Convergence at Hard Rock Hotel. <laughs> they're building a little poolside booth for On the Rocks. I'm going to be broadcasting live five days. Yikes, I cannot wait. What is IBC? It's International Bear Convergence. Okay. So bears from around the world, not even the nation, the world. And of course, to our to our straight ally listeners, a bear is a husky man with hair. They also come in smaller sizes, like an otter. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is there? A badger. That's a, that's that's one I haven't heard before. Oh, it's a pushy bottom otter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Chris is on it today. It is. Yes, gotta keep you awake. Um, so no, there's bears, cubs. A cub is just a younger bear, right? And so just a bunch of bears coming together for one weekend. Yes. And so Bear World TV is going to be there. So a lot of hosts of their shows. There's a cooking show. There's a travel show. Uh, but it's also workshops and, and parties. And, and, and we're going to be doing celebrity interviews. Some, some bear celebrities will be yeah. coming by. It's a I spent a lot of time in Guerneville. Oh, I, you know about the I bears know. then. Yeah, I had a piece of property up there. Guerneville, and, yep. eh? Guerneville. Mm, so you know all about the ganja. Oh yeah, I was up there. Yeah, that's that was my my childhood. Well, that childhood and bears that was a separate category <laughs> right there. <laughs> yeah, Just to be I, w- I would hope so. <laughs> no, but but the Russian River, right? The Russian River. I had. I yeah, fell into the Russian River. We had a, a piece of property, a family property, so we would go there. Just go camping every every you know couple yeah. couple of weeks basically, and then I initially I was not aware what a bear was, and then I learned, and then. Here I am, sitting well, next to you. You saw them in their native habitat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're happy in Guerneville. They're oh, like yeah. bathing in the oh, sun. Yeah. They're not trying to cinch into skinny jeans up there. They're Listen. like, look at it. Yeah. They are wild there. They're not domesticated like they are in Palm Springs. No, no, no. hibernating. No. They no fancy in Palm Springs. They do this with their cosmopolitan. <laughs> in Guerneville, they're like, pour me the beer. Just like, yeah, like out of the barrel. Mm-hmm. I don't drink beer, so I don't know if it even comes in a barrel. <laughs> Broke that mountain. <laughs> they don't even bother saying you want to go up and go fishing. Yeah. <laughs> they're no, there. like, yeah. I'm like, you want to go swipe a fish? Oh, God. My grandma's like, whoa, what's happening? <laughs> Omar Sharif Jr., have you ever dated a bear cub or scruff? No, but you know what? I did go to Bear Week in Provincetown you once. You did? I did, but like walking against the crowd of bears, I just felt like a piece of salmon. Yeah. <laughs> right, because they're trying to catch you blocked. upstream? Yes. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, and in Provincetown, the bears are not really bears. They're like bear light. Right, because mm. it's Provincetown. Everybody's skinny in these mm-hmm. little shorts. They wouldn't say that. No, no, they they take offense to that. Oh. They they feel like they're real bears up there. In Provincetown? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, and they're bed and breakfast. Real, <laughs> real great. Um, let me informally introduce our co-host for today, uh, James Paul Goosey. Gussie. Gussie. <laughs> I swear. Okay, no, this is why, because you spell your name like some, like, Tolkien fairy, by the way. James <laughs> is J-A-E-M-S, right? And then your last name is G-U-S-S-E. I thought it was Goosey, like Juicy, but it's not. It's Gussie, like... Well, that is, that is fussy. my legal fussy Gussie. last name, so get used to it. All right, well, your drag name is Fussy Gussie, right? Uh, no. Oh, it was Frosty Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's happening. Well, Marcia was like, who booked me for this one? Uh, James is an established San Francisco artist currently based in Southern California. From an early age, James was obsessed with culture, the arts, and performance. Since the age of 16, he has been an independent force in the entertainment and hospitality industry. His current projects include running social media for Ash WeHo, now celebrating for uh, one Our year one anniversary year. tonight, mm-hmm. um, at the Abbey. Stage management at Viva Hollywood's new Voss uh, events, Drag Queen Brunch, which has all the pop popular drag queens and it's packed yeah. and it's downtown like yeah. for anything packed in downtown 
gate is pretty big. Well, it's Hollywood. It's the first time I've ever seen yeah that in Hollywood. So yeah, very exciting. Um, also, uh, the launch of a brand new restaurant concept in Culver City. Um, and all the while, he's continued to create new music. And I actually stole a little piece of one of your performances. Um, and uh, to create new music and artist projects of his own. His end goal is to have a career breaking the barriers of the performance industry, giving a voice to the disheartened. <laughs> I feel a little disheartened after a few glasses of uh, vodka. Bringing light and love to the broken parts of society um, and some men's, I'm, ass I'm assuming. And offering as many opportunities to those who have a similar passion to share uh, with the world. He is so extra. Like I said, he spells his name J-A-E-M-S. Fussy Gussy. Welcome to the show, James. Thank you so much. Our other guest co-host for today, Matt Scalarud. It's Scal me. Yeah. Because you say your name so fast on, because you're like getting to the point. Ugh. I know. Uh, president of Pink Banana Media, visiting from New York, by the way, uh, specializes in LGBT online marketing, targeting gay and lesbian uh, businesses via contact marketing, social media, uh, programmatic ad banners, <laughs> mobile smartphone apps, and more. You can tell I'm so bad at like social media and all that. Remember our first conversation? You were like talking. I was like... What language is he speaking? <laughs> um, he also specializes, oh, it gets better, in search engine optimization, keyword search advertising, PPC, and social media analytics. Uh, he's been in the LGBT online industry for over 20 years now. We know it's evolving, and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. He began his career in 1995 with the launch of GayWire.com. Remember GayWire? You weren't even born yet, probably. <laughs> Um, which became one of the top three LGBT websites worldwide, uh, having worked with companies large and small for over 20 years to reach the LGBT online consumer uh, through his site and, and others, is now focused on the most cutting-edge global innovations in, um, in, in the market using advanced technologies that we're going to talk about because I have no clue. I'm still trying to use uh, 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 Friendster. Do you remember Friendster? <laughs> I do. I, I remember when AOL used to give you a disc. Why do I keep you looking over here? <laughs> you used to give you a disc that you would load up. Welcome. <laughs> Yes. You've got mail. <laughs> um, uh, and his clients, uh, uh, including real-time uh, ad bidding RTB. <laughs> like, do you have to take a, like... <laughs> Oh my God. You were supposed to read the whole thing. I did read it. And I didn't understand it. <laughs> Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, blogs, and others. Uh, in addition, he's the former board chairman of the International Gay and Lesbian Travel Association. I've been to many of those events. So fun. And has served on the boards of Travel Gay Canada and uh, the Los Angeles Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce. Mm. He's actively involved with key national LGBT organizations, including N NGLCC, and that's the National mm -hmm. Gay and Lesbian Chamber of Commerce, and Lambda Legal, just to name a few. I have no idea when you sleep. Welcome to the show, Matt. Oh, I thank you. So you guys are going to help me keep it all together. We we're going to talk about your careers, and, and we're going to get to know you a, a little bit. But first, we have somebody from New York City, and so we need to let him uh, get some rest because he's been waiting there patiently. Uh, Rick Sky, you guys, is a multi-award winning performer who has enjoyed success both on Broadway and the West End, uh, training with uh, the Joffrey Ballet and the famed Stella Adler. He has toured the U.S. with Anne Reiking from, you know, Anne Reichen, like the dancer, <laughs> like Fosse's girl. Uh, Sandy Duncan um, in the American Dance Machine Show and in the Kennedy Center production of Miss Liberty. He acted with Dorothy, uh, Dorothy Loudon, who played the original Miss Hannigan, by the way, in Annie, um, in a role uh, written especially for him. He danced in Merlin with Nathan Lane and Cheetah Rivera and appeared with Cheetah Rivera in uh, Bring Back Birdie, which is the Bye Bye Birdie Part 2, by the way. Um, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome. He did a stint on All My Children, um, and his friendship with Neil Sadaka led to his writing and starring in The Flip Side of Neil Sadaka, uh, a tribute with a twist, uh, which got him nominated as Best Newcomer uh, by the Manhattan Association of Cabarets. So when we say Mac, that's it. Um, his hit show, A Slice of Manelli, has enjoyed 
its successful season at the Apollo Theater in London's West End, uh, the Dublin and Edinburgh festivals, and from cities uh, from New York to Chicago. Critics have called it masterful, astonishing, brilliant, and it has earned him uh, the 2017 Award for Best Impersonation. It's appeared on Watch What Happens Live with our friend Andy Cohen uh, and Celebrity Apprentice, as well as Fox and Friends hmm, uh, and, and the WB. <laughs> Currently, he's hosting a reoccurring, uh, reoccurring monthly variety show, uh, Bazazz, a sequin variety. Bazazz, like, that's a name. Like, I'm a little jealous. I didn't think of Bazazz. Please welcome to the show Rick Sky from New York City! <laughs> Woo! How are you, Rick? Rick? Yes. <laughs> oh, I, I, th- I thought I was talking to Marley Matlin. Okay. <laughs> oh I couldn't hear you for a second. Yeah, no, no. It's okay. Consider yourself lucky. My voice is very, very high. How are things going in New York City? Uh, hot and cold and hot and cold and hot and cold. Mm. And, and that's just the audience. But um bum Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Rick is like, I, I, I can't do this. Um, I am so obsessed with your biography and with your resume, performing with, with huge names um, from Broadway. Do you get starstruck at this point anymore, or you just kind of go with the flow? No, I'm really bad at it. I do, I do. And mm-hmm. I, I, I'm one of the people I find, I have less photos with celebrities than any person I know, because <laughs> I think they sense that I'm so nervous and so, you know, I think they think I'm uh, uh, strange. So they, they usually <laughs> shoo me away a little bit, and then everybody, you know, some little girl will take a picture with them. But um, <laughs> I, I went to see Cheetah Rivera at the Carlisle Hotel this year, and I know her, and my friend got a picture with her, and I, I kept saying, like, oh, no, that's okay. That's all right. That's all right. I don't want to bother you. So it was, I don't, I'm not really good with them at all, no. But it's funny, because you actually had a run-in with Carol Channing when you were in the audience as, as a little kid, right? Actually, I, I used to do um, the show with Madam. I used to do the puppet Madam mm-hmm. uh, and toured around with her, and I went to a radio show, and she was in the lobby, and the night before, it was so strange, the night before I had found this little plastic ring that she had thrown into the audience when I was a little kid How? singing Diamonds Are a Girl's Best Friend. And I told her that story when I met her. I said, you know, I, I have this ring and I found it last night. And she said, oh, was that you? <laughs> <laughs> That's such a great story. And that really like shows your career coming full, full circle. Um, tell me about performing this monthly show at Don't Tell Mama, which I love Don't Tell Mama, by the way. Uh, oh, Charlene, I forgot. I was in New York probably, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. And I went for one night to see Patti Lapone, and I, and I flew back like the next morning. I literally flew there for one uh-huh. night. And my friend Charlene, who's here in the studio, came out, and we went out for a night of it, and it was like four in the morning. <laughs> and Don't Tell Mama had closed because it were closed. Well, they didn't close for us, and we ended up <laughs> getting on stage. And, but they were so, so nice, and we had such a good time because all the Broadway people go there after the shows and like tie one yeah, up. Yeah, it's a really great sort of legendary place on 46th Street and uh, through the years everyone's dropped in to sing a song and um, it's, it's, it's continuing that tradition right now. So I was really lucky they came and they asked me in September. I used to do a show there called Judy and Liza Together Again. Yes. It was supposed to run for three weeks and every month they kept saying, do you want to do another, do you think you should do another month? And we did it for seven years. Oh my God. Wow. So um, <laughs> it was just a big touristy hit. And then, so they came to me after we closed in June, they came to me in September and said, you know, Saturday nights really aren't much fun here without like a big sort of Liza show in the back. So would you put together a variety show for us? And um, I did. And it's really been great. So far, opening night was great on October 27th. 
we had a, a Peggy Lee person, Chuck Sweeney, who's hilarious, and um, David Mayoko does Liberace and stuff. So it was like a really big, old-fashioned kind of variety show with special material and all that. You know, that's so good to hear because, like, the old-fashioned theater-going experience just doesn't exist, especially in L.A. Any piano bar, unless you're Rockwell, just kind of closes up after a while. And it's like yeah. this whole population has no idea what that piano bar experience is like, where you can see a great performer in an intimate space, telling stories, having fun, drinking too much. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you get to see your, your local impersonator. Well, the thing about that is, too, is that it, you can't go to a school to learn how to do that. So there have to be clubs that people can perform in over and over and over again for years and years and years. Otherwise, you really don't get the tricks and the things that you need to hold an audience for, you know, an hour by yourself and keep it interesting and all of that. You just, you know, I mean, it's nice to see young performers who get up and have nice voices. and that. But to really see, like, the old greats like Eartha Kitt and people mm -hmm. like that that had, you know, years and years of special material and audience goodwill and you know, albums and, you know, Batman and all those things that she did. You, you know, you need some experience there. So um, we're trying to get guests that have been performing for many, many years so that they can, the whole show sort of blows them out of the water. Now, Rick, one of the questions I got from one of your fans uh, to the show was, how do you keep the show fresh time after time after time? Because you've been doing the, the, your, your Liza impersonation for a while, but your audience has come back for more and more and more, and you keep it fresh. How do you do that as a performer? It's very strange, but I, I, we've had people that have, I've had people that have come like 30 times. Yeah. 30 times. And, you know, I have my regular seat. Here I am in the front row. And I'm like, okay, if you could take it. But uh, <laughs> I, think, I think it's just that I believe it so much. Uh, I'm in it every second. I'm just believing what I'm doing. And I, I just keep writing new material, you know, more and more and more. But I, sometimes I think if you just have to create this framework and you repeat it and repeat it and repeat it honestly, then it gets deeper and deeper. And so I, I've done songs that I've been singing for 15 years, and some nights I'll say, wow, you know, tonight I found a new joke in there. Tonight I found a new, wow, did you hear the way they responded to that? Or I said that totally differently tonight. So I think I'm just a show business person. I'm just a show person. And that excites me, like trying to find for myself what, what uh, I want every show to be great. So... If it's in your blood, it's in your blood. Am I right, Mr. Omar Sharif? Yeah, Jr.? Uh, I think I so. Yeah. Oh, please, you can find it, but it's there. Yes. Um, now, Rick, we all love Liza. Of course we all love Liza, for those of us that remember who Liza is. Thanks again. Yes. Um, I went on a date, and the kid didn't even know who Judy Garland was. I ended that date so quickly. I was like, I, I don't care how cute you are. I don't care. I, I, I just, I couldn't. We all, but we all love Liza, her ups, her downs. We love her even more for... Um, what made you choose Liza to encapsulate for a large portion of your life? But see, it sort of picked me. I, I wrote a big review uh, in like the year 2000 that had five people in it, and they all had five parts to play. So they were on stage or, or back to shows. And I had written this funny song about Liza, and nobody could do it because they were all changing their clothes and getting ready for the next thing. So I sort of said... All right, all right, I'll do it. Okay, so I plunked a wig on my head and I put red lipstick and I went out and it just, it stopped the show. And then I did it for nine months and when that show was over, people kept saying, would you do it in my comedy show? Would you come to this comedy club and do that number? You're sounding a bit and like then, Liza well, right now. We're losing the connection uh, just a bit. Are you there now? 
Yes. Oh, okay. There we go. It was Judy stopping so then, by to say hi. Yeah. Yeah. So then they, um, uh, so someone gave me some advice and said, I think you should do a whole evening of this and see what happens. And I kind of reluctantly did it. And then it took off from there. Every time I say I'm not anymore, some great offer comes in. I went to London. I played it at an 800 seat theater. I played in Covent Garden for 10 days. It was just, you know, like that. I'm not doing it anymore. Great. Someone wants me to come to Scotland. Uh, okay. I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> Somebody wants me to do a show on 46. You know, it's crazy. So I'm just, I, sometimes I think you just should walk through the door that's open, you know, for you. So I just keep saying yes whenever that the opportunity arises. Now, with the makeup, the lights, the late nights, the audiences, the autographs, all, you know, appearances, how do you keep up your stamina? What are some, some um, tricks you have? I don't really have to keep it up. I think I'm just, I'm a very sort of nervous person. <laughs> <laughs> and I have been since I was a little kid. I was nervous to go to school, and I was nervous to go home, and I was nervous to everything I did. So I just have a lot of energy anyway. And actually performing is a way, you don't want to know me if I'm not, not performing. Let's oh, put it. You all know, right. If all that builds up, I, I need a place to sort of let it out. And so if I'm not doing a show, I'm sort of inflicting that on all my friends and they <laughs> prefer when I'm in a show. <laughs> well, no, but that is funny because, you know, we're all in, in, in the industry and when we're off, we are off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should see me after this show, right, Chris? Am I right? <laughs> oh god so right so right so right yeah Mark um <laughs> what is one like what is one outstanding story you have you shared the stage with so many uh legends uh what is one outstanding uh star story star story oh my god um did nathan lane try to grope you <laughs> i'm trying to think um <laughs> I, you know I, I i the my favorite star story actually it's it's not even a big thing but i was i was working at the hotel carlisle and um, Lawrence Olivier was getting an award that night. So it's cool. not even a performance story, but he got out of a cab and he could barely walk because he had arthritis. And his wife was Joan Plowright, the actress. Oh, yes, 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 yes. And I always said, and she lived up to her name. She plowed right past him. And said, <laughs> I'm going upstairs. You take too long. And she kind of threw him at me and said, you take care of him. So I had to walk him to the elevator. Like I was getting ready to go on stage. <laughs> I had to walk him to the elevator. And I got to the elevator and he looked at me with these big, you know, these blue eyes. And he said, you're a very fine young man. Oh. Thank you. And he got in the elevator and, and kind of went up. And everybody thinks he was making a pass at me, but he wasn't. Yeah, he, he was, was just a, a lovely gentleman. gentleman. Yes. But I met Lawrence Olivier. That's, that's awesome. I mean, I, I wouldn't even be able to speak. I, uh, Shirley Jones was on the show <laughs> and I literally could not speak. I was like, Shirley. <laughs> for like an hour. She was like, mm, good stuff. All right, Rick, we play a little game here called Rapid Fire, and you are our first victim. Are you ready? Yes. If you could have performed any lead in any past Broadway show, which which lead role would it have been? Um, in The King and I, Yule Brenner's part. That is the least answer I get for that question. <laughs> it's a great man's part. They don't really write big star men's parts, so I, it's a big men's part. That's so interesting. That's that's a first for, for the show. Okay, uh, your most listened to musical recording from start to finish. Um, I would say uh, I, it's got to be Judy at Carnegie Hall. Yes. Oh God, if I could go back in time and watch any show live, it would be it would that be would that be it. Way. Actually, I'd be backstage because I'm sure backstage was more entertaining than what was on <laughs> stage. Uh, your after show binge food, and this is my favorite question because I certainly have mine. 
Mm, would be and don't oh, it's Xanax. like Chinese food and Gatorade. <laughs> Chinese food and Gatorade. That's my hangover yeah. food. It's Panda Express and, well, Pedialyte, so I guess it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. If you see the Panda Express, mm. Uber Eats come by, you know <laughs> Papa's had a, had a rough night. <laughs> Rick Sky, who is your celebrity crush? Ooh, um, Ricky Martin. Ooh. <laughs> Good choice. You forget about him, but he's good. Oh no, he, he's in the new Versace show uh, with yeah, Ryan I Murphy. Wait. I, I, it's, it's gonna, it's, it's gonna blow people's minds. Oh god, and he's yeah. sexy like in any stage, whether he's on Broadway in Evita, whether he's like five years ago. Who's Ricky Martin? He was still sexy, and now he's blown up all over again. Yeah. Um, what is the most overrated musical in your opinion? Ugh. Um. Oh, the one with the girl who wears the pink suit. What's that thing? The Wendy Williams show. Uh, oh. You know. <laughs> She wants to be a lawyer. Illegally, Legally blonde. blonde. Oh, Legally blonde, yeah. Uh, you know what? I have to kind of agree. Not my favorite. <laughs> Not my favorite. Although I think Sideshow is a little overblown, too. Yeah. I didn't like Les Mis either. I'm the only one, but I didn't <sighs> like But they were on a round table. They were doing cardio while singing. <laughs> Rick Sky, how can people uh, find out what night you're playing? Where can they find out more information about you and your show? If they just go to um, Don't Tell Mama NYC, all the shows are listed there. Or they could go to ricksky.com or my Facebook page. Rick Sky has every minute there's something going by about when we're performing. So, um, And we're monthly at Don't Tell Mamas. So uh, anytime they're in New York, they should just check us out. Perfect. And that's Rick Sky, uh, S-K-Y-E. So look up yeah. Rick Sky. And also look up uh, his YouTube. In fact, we're going to take a little a little sneak peek at one of your uh, audience-candid um, YouTube performances. Ugh, I bet I look fat. <laughs> <laughs> YouTube adds 10 pounds. Don't worry about it. Rick Sky, what a pleasure. I'm going to be coming out to New York at the end of January. Uh, my good friend Joan Ryan, uh, she was in the original cast of Ruthless. Um, yeah. she's, she's she's coming back to New York with her one-woman show, and I'm going to be there. So I'm going to stop oh, by and see you. Let's go together. Yeah, 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 oh, de definitely. Rick Sky, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Of course, I can't wait to have you back for more stories. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's take a look at uh, Rick Sky on stage. And this is a candid um, audience uh, video, so yeah. Okay, let's take a look. Maybe this time I'll be lucky. Maybe this time he'll stay. Maybe this time for the first time I won't hurry away. He will hold me. I'll be home at last Not a loser anymore Like the last time and for time before Everybody loves a winner So nobody loves me let it be full, let it happy. That's what I want to be. All right, so that is the quiet version of well, what he does. 
Um, but what I love is that, you know, there's so many Liza impersonators out there. I do Liza impersonation every Friday night, you know. Yes. <laughs> right? But he, he, it's not just like a cheap impersonation. He captures her subtle stuff, and he's singing as himself, but through through her mannerisms and her voice, which I really like. And you have to see some of his fun stuff. He has, has a viral video where he's dancing through the streets of New York. So go see Rick Sky. Uh, we, we need to kick the show into second gear. Uh, I want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Tesloop. Tesloop is the only way to travel from LA to Palm Springs to San Diego to Orange County in a luxury Tesla, by the way. Uh, no, not yet, Chris. <laughs> You're getting all excited over there. Um, Tesloop, literally, though, it's so affordable. It's less than an Uber. And you ride in your own Tesla. You get snacks. You get your own private little pod. You don't have to talk to anybody if you don't want to. And I love it. Go to Tesloop.com. They have about four routes leaving per day. They drive me to Palm Springs. They drive me to and back. And I couldn't be more thankful for that. Mm. Uh, the road thanks you, sweetie. All right. Mm. Uh, Panache Optical Gallery. They do all of the celebrity uh, custom-made uh, sun uh, sunglasses, eyeglasses. They do James Bond frames. They did my Betty Davis replicas. Gorgeous. Their shop is in Palm Springs, but look them up on panacheopticalgallery.com. And of course, our tried and true sponsor, sponsor from day one, four years in the making, a little dabble do you, Spunk Lube. Go to spunklube.com, get your bottle today. Gay straight in between. We all need a little rev up sometime. And I and I love this sponsor because it's literally, um, it's it's a business owner who's working against major corporations and he's been such a fan and helper of the show. So support him um, if, if you need to. All mm -hmm. right. Okay, um, we're gonna kick this into second gear. Like I said, I want to start. Uh, I want to start this off with uh, uh, my my friend Charlene M Modest um, is visiting, uh, kind of in in a way. Um, Charlene Modest is an accomplished singer songwriter and actress who has an impressive background that spans the creative mediums of film, television, theater, and music. A Brooklyn native of Caribbean descent, she's a multi talented force of nature and a favorite at local venues in the L.A. Uh, area. She's an Ovation Award winner, LA Weekly Award winner for her stage work. Her guitar is self-taught from YouTube, by the way, um, and she can effortlessly move through any musical genre that she sets her mind to, and I have been witness to it over the years. Um, the chapter, the last chapter in her life hasn't been the easiest, from losing both her parents uh, to most recently losing her home in the fires of Northern California. She is resilient, she is optimistic, and she is fabulous. I have never seen somebody go through so much in a year, and she's still like, hey, what's up? I'm like, girl, I get a paper cut. My life is over. Um, but this song has a special meaning for us because it was a dance hit, and then it, it's kind of transformed over the years. And every time I see you, I could see you, like, in New York. I'm like, can you sing that song? <laughs> yes, you are. So you're here to do the acoustic version to really get this evening going. Um, what's the title of the song? Because I love it. The name of the song is called Come On. And I'll go through the verse, the hook for you. Yeah. It's called, it goes, come on if you want to, and I know you're going to want to. Show me how you're going to want to. Come on if you're going to want to. Come on. Mm. So mm. whenever you feel inclined, please join in. <laughs> it literally took me a whole year on listening to it on repeat, repeat, repeat. And then I finally got it, and I got one of the words wrong. And I was so proud. I'm like, look, Charlene. Um, Charlene, I'm so excited that, that, that you're here. Not the reason why you're here, but I'm, I'm excited I'm I'm glad to be here. All LA, right, sure. LA feels like home. Yes. It yeah. feels like home when you're here. Mm -hmm. Aww, that's yeah. the nicest I'll ever be, by the way. <laughs> Take it away, Charlotte. Okay. So you say you want to take me there Through the city lights onto the scene Where we can dance with out of care Come in closer and show me what you mean I might say yes or change my mind I'm curious to know your kind I think 
Favorite, favorite all-time song. And once you learn it, it is in your head. Come on if you want to know. You're going to want to come on. You're going to want to come on if you're going to want to come on. Boom. It sticks. It sticks to you. It's been, what, like five years? Ten. Ten years? God, I look good. (laughs) Well, almost ten. Almost ten. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Please also welcome to the show a man who, in his young years, has accomplished so, so much. I've been after him forever to be on the show, and he's finally moved to L.A., uh, and it's possible. Omar Sharif Jr. uh, was given his name by his iconic grandfather, part of Hollywood royalty, uh, with maternal grandparents who were Holocaust survivors and paternal uh, grandparents who were famous actors. Uh, Of course, he's going to have a vibrant, colorful, colorful life, uh, but we had no idea how colorful um, until time went on. Um, as As a child, he went between his birthplace of Montreal, Paris, and Cairo. You know, just like any youth. Um, he obtained a master's degree in comparative politics from the London School of Economics at Queen's University by the age of 23. Um, and he kind of lived his life as an irresponsible socialite a little bit. Whoops. Whoops. <laughs> Which is my favorite part, by the way. The smart Paris Hilton. Um, but with talent, too. But I love Paris Hilton. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Um, he also garnered considerable attention from his uh, international ads and, and, and uh, campaigns for Calvin Klein, Coca-Cola, as well as uh, his celebrity relationships. He was offered a role in an Egyptian TV series in 2007, which kind of piqued his interest in the industry. Um, and at the 83rd Annual Academy Awards, uh, one, of the, one of the most charming moments on stage, uh, he performed uh, a, a comedic sp- uh, sketch with screen legend Kirk Douglas. Um, and we have some pictures of that. Uh, just so amazing. And when you see the generations of Hollywood royalty come together, it just, it just, it gives you the chills. Um, in 2012, 
uh, Omar published an open letter uh, in The Advocate, and he came out as uh, gay, um, which really questioned what was happening in the new Egyptian government uh, with what was going on with respects to human rights and diversity. He is the first public personality to ever come out as an openly gay uh, man in the Arab world. Uh, immediately faced death threats, condemnation, um, and he actually had to leave uh, his, 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 his home upbringing. Um, he hasn't been back since. Um, from 2013 to 2015, he served as the Eastern National Spokesperson for GLAAD, uh, an organization which serves to promote LGBT equality by ensuring positive media portrayals of the gay, lesbian, and trans community. Um, gents, and sorry ladies, he is listed among Attitude Magazine's Bachelors of 2017, and the pictures are gorgeous, by the way. Uh, and most recently, he appeared in the movie The Secret Scripture, a deeply moving film uh, with uh, Vanessa Redgrave, uh, Rooney Mara, Eric Bana, and Woof Theo James, by the way. Right. Yeah. Um, I am so privileged and honored to welcome Mr. Omar Sharif Jr. Oh. Thank you for having me. Oh, but could please. I just say, Charlene, please. you're so fucking talented. Oh my gosh, thank you. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> you can't even was... speak after a performance like that. Oh, that thank beautiful. you. So and I tell you, she can sing Etta James, my she goodness. can sing Tina Turner, she can sing uh, like a German beer song and you're like, wow. <laughs> but seriously, and then you tie yourself on, on YouTube. It started at YouTube and I had some personal teachers as well. But yeah, YouTube started it. I can't even learn like a Pinterest type thing on YouTube. Like those life <laughs> hacks? Forget it. I can't even do that. Uh, but, it's, but it's this spirit... And Omar, that's probably what you're picking up, is the spirit that you just overcome adversity. Um, and Omar, there's so many interviews with you and so many different outlets and, and uh, from international outlets to, to U.S. outlets. So I'm not going to ask you the same questions that you've been asked. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> so my first question is, <laughs> uh, when Here you've been go. asked the same questions over and over about y your coming out story, which is, which is so um, dramatic and scary but highly motivating for a lot of youth. Is it, hard, is it easy to get lost behind the persona of who Omar Sharif Jr. has become, the, the spokesman for equality, the spokesperson for coming out in youth, for coming out in a conservative en environment? Is it hard to lose like who you really are, like you kicking on back on the sofa and watching Housewives? A little bit. You know, like even today we're doing this radio show and I'm sort of afraid to even you know, say my full opinions and full views because I know that anything I say will be taken back in the Middle East as the person who represents the LGBT community, and my opinion will be cast upon the entire population of Egypt. So if I say something inappropriate, if I make a crude joke, all of a sudden that's who gay people are to people back home because they don't have many other out personalities. So uh, it's tough to be who you really are. And, well, and especially like if you just want to go out for like a night of fun, like we all get to, right, James? Am, am I right? Like last night I heard you were out karaoke um, but it's like, when do you Stop get the to the story be... I heard, James. Yeah. Yeah. What, oh. wait, what story did you hear? Where's your wallet? Okay. <laughs> but it's like, every, every time you step out the door, you're that spokesperson. Like, you can't go to a bar and tie a few on or get crazy or, you know, you can't even probably have like a one night stand. You can't be on Grinder because everybody knows you. That is sure. so much pressure. Let's go with that. Oh. <laughs> sure. Let's see. No, it's it's like we, we just call it. It's, a, it's a torso picture, is <laughs> yes. what we call those. Oh, we all know your torso <laughs> for modeling, too, um, by the way. So, when do you get to enjoy being you, and how do you do that? You know, mostly when I travel. So, what I try to do is I try to go somewhere totally obscure um, where I don't know anyone, and hopefully they don't know me. Mm -hmm. And uh, that seems to be why I travel to Eastern Europe a lot. Um, for New Year's, I'm going to the Redneck Riviera, I'm going to go through Mississippi and Alabama. Road trip. Wow. Ooh. Yeah, I don't know. 
I, I don't know what that's going to be like. Anyway, but you guys have to check out his Instagram, which is Omer Sharif Jr., because you catalog a lot of moments from your life, the big important parts, and then the fun being you parts. And I, I love, I travel with you. Um, and right. it, it, it's, so, it's so great. And Matt, you with Pink Banana Media, you've literally traveled around the world at LGBT conferences talking about marketing. How, how does the gay culture differ from around the world? What are some of the biggest differences that, that you see? Well, just um, the level of being out or comfortable. You see the, the you know, we, we sometimes we take for granted what we have here. And then when you go to a very first LGBT conference in uh, India, you're amazed of, uh, you know, they're, first they're very appreciative that you're even there. Mm. But you're just amazed of, you know, the, the things that we just uh, took for granted that they have quite a long road to hold. No, Omar, I think we all have an, a, an assumption of what we know what's going over in the Middle East and, and Egypt. Uh, but in looking at some of the facts and having you on the show, it's like, God, I didn't know that there was this whole regime shift. And that's actually when you came out. Can you describe what literally is going on with the government? How, how was the government controlled and why there was this huge shift in, in this attack on equality, women, uh, homosexuals? Like, what really is going on? So there seems to have been two shifts recently. We had the Arab Spring and the revolution, and right after that, the Muslim Brotherhood came to power. Uh, they were voted into parliament with 70% of the, uh, of the seats in parliament. Uh, and everyone worried. They, were, they said they were going to be open and tolerant and inclusive. I didn't believe them, so I came out, I used myself as a litmus test, and I said, okay, prove it. What are you going to do to me? And <laughs> we saw what they did to me. Uh, I had a fatwa issued against me, and I had to leave overnight, and I didn't go back. Since then, the military has come back to power in a bit of a bloodless coup, maybe a bloody coup, depends who you ask. Um, and they've been even more intolerant to the LGBT community. In fact, uh, over the past three weeks since a rainbow flag was raised at a concert with Mashur Laila, um, over 70 people have been arrested, um, tortured, had invasive medical examinations performed on them. Uh, they've been tried, convicted, and they're now in prison. Um, and what's worse is a bill was just recently introduced in Parliament not only outlawing LGBT behavior, before it was just described as inciting debauchery, and now it's actually illegal to be gay. Um, it's illegal to wave or wear symbols of the LGBT community, a rainbow flag, uh, anything like that. And it's also illegal to be an ally of the community, to speak out in favor of LGBT people, um, or to have any media representation of LGBT people, whether that's in news media with positive stories uh, or entertainment. So it's a, it's a huge crackdown that's just happened very recently over the past couple of weeks. And so it's, uh, it's very discouraging. In one of your interviews, though, if any positive message comes through, is that you're still proud of, of being Egyptian. You're still proud of where you, you come from. Not that we're going through that drastic measure here, although on some parts we are here in the U.S., but you know, there, there's a different climate right now with the current administration. Um, but we're still proud to be who, who we are, and I love that, that you, you're very proud of your upbringing um, and that's still part of your makeup. I mean, that's what I always say when everyone says, you know, you're shaming the country. I said, no, the reason I came out is because I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud to be Egyptian. I'm a patriot. And the what's the definition of patriotism? It's giving your full self to your country. And that's who I am. I'm giving my full, authentic self to the country and in service of my country. Take it or leave it. That's the only way I know how to be a patriot. Now, Matt, are you seeing... Cause you you teach businesses how um, how to market to the LGBT community and how to grow response mm -hmm. on social media as well as uh, uh, sales and, and things like that. Um, what have you seen difference of in 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 the last year? 
actually there's there's a lot more passion in the industry. There's there's more happening than because of you know not only the current administration but just everything you see and and hear and read from what's happening around the world. You're finding a lot more companies, especially when you look at events like Out and Equal, National Gay and Lesbian Chamber. Their events seem to have uh, a lot of company representation that's that's even more inspired and more passionate to really. Uh, uh, make sure that that uh, we don't go backwards in some of the things that we mm-hmm. that we where we are. So, so it's been a positive so far in that context. Mm. Well, it's funny. This show is never really political. We don't get yeah. involved in religion, um, but we've had to lately because our listeners they want to talk about it and they want to hear what our celebrities have to say about it and advice on on how to work through some of the feelings that we have as Americans, whether. On whether what side you are, it's like there's so much feeling happening. Mm-hmm. I think that's to your point. There's a lot of passion, and what do we do with all that 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 passion? Omar, what is your biggest advice for the LGBT culture right now, right here in American history? That's really tough. I don't know. That's a tough question. Uh, I don't prescribe to know what other countries and nationalities or people should do. That's sort of some sort of counter colonialism, I suppose. And I'm not going to tell Americans what they should do or how they should behave or what they should believe. Um, but just be authentic and true to yourself. And fight for what you believe in. Yep. Hmm. Yep. Now, in Egypt, you were kind of like the Kardashian-Kennedy family type. What was your view of the U.S.? You've seen me from behind, haven't you? <laughs> Girl, we've all seen you from behind. <laughs> view is mighty nice. Anyway. <laughs> um, no, but, but what was your view... Uh, growing up ab- about the U.S. and our culture because you had some connection to it because of, of your grandfather um, and his his Hollywood ties. What, what was your view of, of, of our culture? You know, I loved it because um, I pretty much grew up watching American media. That's sort of what we got in the Middle East um, if we were going to watch anything in English. And so uh, while I didn't have out LGBT role models growing up, I did have shows like Will and Grace, Ed Glee. Um, they taught me that I wasn't alone, that different wasn't bad, and that there was a community out there even if it was thousands of miles away, that understood who I was. And since I didn't have that in Egypt, it was great to be able to see that that existed in America. And I sort of always saw America as that city upon a hill, the eyes of all people upon it, Sir John Winthrop's vision. Um, And hopefully America always stays that way because you're a beacon of light and hope for the rest of the world, a shining example, and that's what we need you to be. Now, being a socialite in Egypt... You know, you probably went out and partied and all that. How did you keep your sexuality secret? Were you able to date? Were you able to have a boyfriend? No, I was mostly uh, dating women, I suppose. And, and Lucky. Those women singers. are like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I, and, and when I would travel, I would go to places like Mykonos and stuff like mm. that. So I was able to be. Where everybody's you know, gay. Something Even like that. Even the straight people are gay in Mykonos. Like <laughs> yeah. I mean, the first person I ever dated was in, in Mykonos. I was. It was really hot one afternoon, and some guy came up to me and offered me an ice cream bar. And <laughs> long story short, we found out what I was willing to do for a Klondike bar. <laughs> <laughs> and a tootsie roll. How many licks does he get? That's so funny. Who offers a gay man like a dessert on a beach? <laughs> I'm going to Mykonos. <laughs> I get offered. Slim fast. <laughs> I want to talk about your acting. Um, I want to talk about uh, the secret scriptures. Um, which was your last film, but you also did... Second to last film. Second to last. Well, you did a, a short film. Yes. Yes. Um, That's out right now. Yes. Where can I see it? Uh, you know what? Right now I'm hearing it's getting a little bit of uh, award buzz. So uh, hopefully... Oh. Back to the Kevin Barnes. Uh, something. We're hoping. Uh, but you also did a series in, in Egypt, which really put, you, put your name out there as acting. And I, I love the quote that your grandfather said. is like, I gave you my name. I gave you my looks. Acting is, is, is all on your own. 
Um, when you were on set for the first time, do you remember what that experience was like? Is like, well, you know, I kind of have the name to, to follow through. Did you take acting lessons? What was your whole approach to acting? So I got a degree in uh, performing arts at the Strasbourg, Lee Strasbourg Institute. Oh, is that all? Something like that, yeah. Um, <laughs> is that all? <laughs> something like that. But uh, when I was growing up, when I was much younger, actually, my, my grandparents used to put me on sets uh, during my summer vacations uh, because they were always busy working. My parents were working. Um, and they sort of said, your family over the summer is the family on set. It's the director, it's the crew, it's the production, it's the other actors. Um, good luck with that. We didn't have summer camp. We didn't have stuff like that. So that was my... That was what I did. My grandfather once told me he dropped me off, I think, at the age of eight, and he said, Sharif's work, go to work. And <laughs> eight years old, I went to set, and I made my first film, and that was that. Well, and your grandfather was, was such a hard worker and so revered, so revered. Um, and you got to go to the Academy Awards with him, the Vanity Fair parties. I mean, who gets to say that? You right? know, and then be a part of it. Um, I love some of the stories that you shared uh, about your grandfather and the close bond uh, that you had. One of the funniest stories that, that I've heard is uh, when you were young and there was like pies in people's faces and like that was, it was like classy but fun and there was a lot of storytelling going on. Yeah, no, he was awesome as a grandfather. Um, he really knew how to play with children, like mm. they were children. Um, and no matter what age I was, he played with me at that age, so... Whether I was a kid and he it was my birthday, he ordered two pies and shoved them in my face. <laughs> like, okay. like you said, classy was at the Ritz Carlton, but um, it was uh, he was awesome. And uh, when we were older, we were going to casinos and racetracks together, and so we always had a good time. Well, and there's something to be said about being a gentleman now, especially nowadays. There's so few gentlemen out there. And classic Hollywood, I, I just love classic Hollywood. That's why we have a lot of the classic Hollywood stars. There's just a, there's just a difference. There's an mm -hmm. energy difference. There's a manner difference. Like, I still let women go on the elevator first. And it has nothing to do with me trying to be misogynistic or anything like that. It's just like manners and, 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 and class. But this positive message that you continually share, Charlene, I want to talk about you a little bit because not only did you lose your parents um, after being a caregiver for your mom, um, then you lost your home in, in the Northern California fires. Um, but why are you always smiling? Like, are you, are you, are you high, Clary? Like, what is happening? <laughs> I mean, well, what, am I, what else am I going to do? You know, like, after a while, when you, you know, one of my friends is like, sometimes life just kicks you in the teeth. And, you know, after the third or fourth kick, like, what else are you going to do? I've already cried. I've already gone through, like, all of the, you know, lower emotions. And, you know, I've, I've got, you know, grief fatigue. And I don't like occupying that for too long anyway. So I, I want to be who I am, and I like to be happy. So it's like, yeah, that's going on, but I want to tap into what makes me feel good. So there I am. And music has been a part of your life because music is in your family. I learned singing from my dad. He was, I mean, you know, he, a little girl sitting on his lap, you know, mm. getting his scruff mm -hmm. and singing. Yeah. Where did you grow up? Brooklyn. Oh, cool. Brooklyn, yeah. She's a Brooklyn girl. Brooklyn girl. I tell you, all those memories from that New York night that we had are just, like, coming back to me. Yeah. We had so much I fun. I do have to give a shout out to the Caribbean, though, because that's where we're from. That's mm. where we're from. But, yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn, born and raised in Brooklyn. I want to say just because I'm from the Bay Area mm -hmm. and I lived in Sonoma for seven years and Petaluma and I was born in Santa Rosa. Mm -hmm. By the Snoopy Museum, by the way. 
Yeah, mm. that's where I was. I'm I the was biggest Snoopy fan like, in the whole wide world, by the way. I just, yeah, I, I, every single person that I know basically was displaced in that fire. And I, I do know a couple of people that also lo- lost their homes. And it's just my heart's been hurting so much for all of them just for and uh, it was literally the day after i got back from visiting up there and seeing my friends and family that the fires really started you know going yeah so my you know thank I feel you for you thank you lot. and you know i was fortunate in that i happened to be out of town like i was living in santa rosa but i happened to be visiting in washington state and i was gone for two days and then i got a call from one of my housemates saying it's 1.30 a.m. She's like, hey, I, I just want to let you know, because you live here, we're making a run for it. There's fires. And I'm like, I was groggy. I was like, what? what's happening? He, the next day when we connected and I could actually speak and comprehend, um, they were traumatized. They had to run in their pajama, whatever, and just make a run for it down the hill, because we were in the sticks. We were up on a hill, remote area, and... You know, it was raining fire and ash, and, you know, they had to dodge trees that may or may have fallen in their way and trapped them up there. So it was it was pretty a pretty traumatic experience, and I'm fortunate that I wasn't there. Like, when it was time for me to go home, there was nothing to go home to, but, you know, they've, as well as everyone that was there, they experienced the trauma of it, and, you know, it's, it's, it's total devastation. You know, the place looks like bombs are dropped. And people are still dealing with it. I mean, it's, you know, it's a month or so later, a little over a month later, but it's still fresh. It's still fresh, and there's a lot of recovery. That needs well, to and you recover through through music. I mean, you just... I do. That is, that is my it. therapy. That like, is right my away, therapy. The, the smile's there. This is, like, the most somber <laughs> episode we've ever had yeah. in, in our lives, by the way. James, I wanted to talk to you about coming from the Bay Area to L.A., because you've been part of nightlife in both areas. Mm-hmm. And also, what I love about you and your persona, because you have a definite persona, you, the line between masculinity and femininity is so murky, which I, which is, I think, where our culture is going. Straight men are wearing their suits so tight, we know what religion they are, like, right? <laughs> it's like, right? And they're caring more about Hallelujah. their hair, and, right? <laughs> right? It's like, it saves time. Can I marry you or not? Yes. Um, but you, you in, in part of your performance and part of, like, who you are, you really... Dance I like to, them. yeah. Well, so I grew up, and I know we're not going to delve into religion, but I grew up in a very, very conservative religion. I was raised a Jehovah's Witness. Are you kidding? Yeah, and I. They're the best in bed, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. Really? Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. You guys, this is like a circle of I don't know why I, what I'm doing here. I'm like you guys. Like, <laughs> But it was, um, for me, you know, I remember when I was younger and I wanted to try on my mom's heels and it was like, no. And I remember when my mom told me that I was uh, walking like a woman when I was, what, I was like 14. I what does that say. even mean, walking was, like a woman? I've I seen walk, plenty of women no, that don't know how to walk. No, I was walking, like walking, uh, you know, heel toe, like, like I was wearing heels on a runway. But I didn't even know what that looked like. I was just doing it naturally. That was naturally how... How I walked. And Your then, little light in the loafers. Yeah, there <laughs> that's you go. That term, that's like a 1970s, 80s term from Palm Springs, light in the loafers, yeah. But anyway, so I had to, yeah, I retaught myself how to walk. And then it was just, you know, I was very, uh, put a lot of, you know, layers on top of myself to hide how I really felt until I finally did you know, make the choice to come out. And when I made that choice to come out, I knew exactly what was going to happen. And that was, I lost everyone at that point. Everyone that I knew, everything. And I was on, you know, on the streets on my own. 
had to figure things out when I was 17. And so growing from there, originally being extremely uncomfortable, I, with myself and just being open about myself, uh, over the years, you know, going through relationships and breakups and... But that's the hardest thing about dating is like, how do you go through dating when you don't even feel good or confident in yourself? Oh, it's like exactly. impossible. Exactly. And that's why, you know, the relationships I let... I was just looking for love and I let a lot of things happen and a lot of myself go in order to just try and figure out that. But eventually gaining strength through music through performing, through meeting some incredible people within, yeah, I know, thank you, Alexander. <laughs> we literally just met. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, having, and then getting involved in uh, the drag community um, with, you know, Ash Wednesday at the Abbey, Ray Latre. Um, Who's been I, on the show many times. Yeah, well, I, I know. I we love, have to censor every every time she's her. on the show. It's like, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. But she's, uh, no, she's amazing. Um, my community in Hawaii, I was living in Hawaii for six months when I reconnected with my dad after not seeing him for seven years. And I got involved in the drag community there, which was like a whole blur of things that I had never seen before, where it was like there was no no real gender identity with a lot of these people. And it, well, Hawaii is like the Sri Lanka for, for gay people. It's like a paradise and there's people don't even really care what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And it's amazing. Um, so then bringing that back and, and literally just yeah, going through my my phases of of figuring out who who I am as a person and becoming comfortable and then finally realizing that in LA, coming back here on my own, being single and and really just attacking my dreams, that the answer to success in what I want to do is literally uninhibitedly being myself, and not caring about the normals, not caring about what. But you people can't take that to be. the bank. I mean, let's be honest. It's. I mean, you can't. That is true. And I still, you know, I work. I'm working a regular job as well as these other things. But it's within the last couple. When do you sleep, by the way? You're posting Instagram pictures at 3 a.m. Not that I'm a stalker, but still. Yeah. <laughs> sure <Yeah>. you aren't. <laughs> um, I, no, I have I have certain days that I've set, you know, where I, I know I need time off. So I have, like, my Thursdays blocked out from everything for now until something else fills that in because it will. Um, but, yeah, keeping busy is actually it's really important for me to keep the ball rolling, keep the motivation going. But, um, yeah, literally just being myself has, has allowed me to find opportunities. And it's like being here right now. I, this, you know, it's just one of those other little miracles, I guess. But to say, we are sharing such messages of optimism and hope. Like, I don't even know what the title of the show is anymore. <laughs> no, but, but I love this. And this is, this is what the community is. And this is what the community needs is, like, to tell our stories, like, like you were saying. Um, but... Um, I did snag a little uh, video of you singing, and th this was recently. And I want to show you from from the from this little person over here um, this singing, singing. <laughs> he has a very quiet voice to begin with. And you can find the fighter, but I still in you, so we go walk around and move. We go walk around and move. And we'll rise up 
Lies like the day will rise up. Rise on the fray will rise up. That was like I said, I I literally stole that. So, um, but this was like out at night, and we know what because I'm a singer too. Performing late at night, and when there's people talking, is sometimes it's like, what what am I doing here? Like, what am I singing? That was something that I was actually extremely happy to be able to be involved with because it was a um, Queens that care was what what it was called. Uh, it was put together by a couple of drag queens that wanted to do a fundraiser and donate the money to direct uh, relief of uh, people that suffered from the uh, earthquake in Mexico and the hurricanes and everything else. And so it was literally, we, we donated all of the proceeds to that, which, I mean, it was 500 and something dollars we raised, but it was something. And I, it was awesome to be able to sing that song and, and dedicate it to the people that were suffering and yeah, it means a lot. <laughs> music is just 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 inspiring music and 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 uh, perf- uh, performing arts. <clears throat> you also have a big part of the nightlife. I do now. I do. <laughs> so how do you balance that working on on your music, dating? Like dating in the nightlife is pretty impossible. It, it has been extremely impossible. Um, I mean, I've been really just trying to focus on on myself and doing as much to develop myself so that I have something full to offer someone. And also I think the more that I've, I've paid attention to, um, taking care of myself, the, the filter of the people that are involved around me, it's become, you know, a lot tighter. (laughs) That's what happens. Like, you know, when you start to develop yourself more, you lose people along the way and it's sad, but sometimes it's necessary. Necessary, And that's like, it's when they say it's lonely at the top, it doesn't mean like you're the most uh, rich person or whatever it just means like you are the most confident because people god we're being so like emotional <laughs> here um so let's lighten things up i want you to tell me because i'm a huge um mistake maker in the nightlife because if you drinks you go to the bar you're like woohoo what are the biggest no-nos when you order a drink or when you're like talking to your bartender <laughs> Don't leave your drink alone in West Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) I put my own stuff in my own drink. I'm like, good time tonight. Oh, (laughs) now Chris woke up. (laughs) Um, I mean, know what you want. Don't don't be picky. It's West Hollywood. You're gonna know. I mean. It, ordering a drink in West Hollywood is pretty straightforward. You 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 say what you want. Generally speaking, they're gonna know. Don't don't expect to have a shaking cocktail most of the time when you're going out. If you're gonna go to that kind of place, like choose that kind of place and know that you're gonna be paying eighteen dollars for your drink. Well, and let's face it, the bartenders in West Hollywood are there to look pretty and make the most. They're not gonna know what a Manhattan is or an old fashioned. Exactly, or... they're gonna just be dumping about four ounces of liquor and then topping off with an ounce. For of, me, it's eight yeah. ounces. Yeah. But, um, but who doesn't know? <laughs> but to your point, like who doesn't know what drink that they want? Like you know you what you drink. You would be surprised. Well, especially when you have the, you know, I mean, we obviously the community thrives off of of tourism and off of people coming from out of town. And Bachelorette parties. Literally, that is that has been such a big topic of discussion within West Hollywood lately. But and we're supposed to be inclusive, yet we're inclusive to a certain point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. And I think it's. I mean. 
yeah, everyone's there to have a good time. Just know that everyone behind you is also there to have a good time. So if you are taking up too much of the bartender's time, there's a problem. You want to have your, you know, have everything ready to go. Just try and move things along. Don't spill your drinks on people if you can, if you can Baby help Kevin. it. Baby <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Yeah, but... I, I, um, for the most part, I've seen, you know, some people, there's the occasional person that gets a little too drunk and they get into fights. And Why do you look at me? <laughs> <laughs> I don't get into fights. I get into loves. And the next day I'm like, what? And then you wake up the next morning and you're like, oh, who is And this? your wallet is stolen. Am I right? That, you know what? When you told me your wallet was not there, I'm like, mm. And then I heard you were out at karaoke. That wasn't night. the same. Uh, never mind. You know what? You don't need to hear the whole story. <laughs> Save it for a later episode. Omar Sharif Jr., we got a lot of emails about your acting style and what your approach to a script is. When you first get a script, what's the first thing that you do? And how? what is your process um, up to the point when you get on set for the first day of filming? Um, that's a good question. Uh Number one, I never say no to anything, to any role that comes my way. Don't say that. You're going to get so many web series pitches after this. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> never say no to anything that pays. Uh, <laughs> How much, though? <laughs> um, no, so I, I just look through the script. Um, I read it over. I try to find the nuances in the character because I don't like to play anything too straight. I don't like to play it off the page. I like to go in with something that's mm -hmm. totally unique and what people don't expect on day one. And that's actually probably because I'm not the greatest actor. Um, so sometimes it's best to be different and good. Now, I've never good. heard that on my radio show. Why Why would you say that? I mean, maybe it's growing up in the shadow of a screen legend and one of the best actors in the world. Um, you always compare yourself to them. And I know I don't have that level of talent. I'm fortunate enough to be a working actor and to get a lot of work uh, and to do what I do well enough. Um, so I'm just grateful for the opportunities that I have. Now, The Secret Scripture, and you guys have to see it, not only is it a powerhouse cast, um, but it was it was very special for you in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, tell our listeners what the story is, because um, it's, it's sure, um, here. So uh, it's directed by uh, six-time nominee Jim Sheridan, Oscar nominee Jim Sheridan. Um, and when he called me up and said, I have this role for you, will you do it? I didn't even see the script. I didn't see anything. I said, I'll be on the next plane. When does it shoot? He said, after tomorrow. So I got on a plane. I flew to Ireland. Didn't Dublin. have a script. Yeah, to Dublin. Dublin. I Dublin. downloaded the book on Kindle. And I was like, well, I'll read the book and see if I don't even know what role I'm playing, but I'll read the book. Um, and it sort of tells a story about a woman that was put into a mental institution by the men in her life in the 1940s. Um, Back in that day, men couldn't get divorced in Ireland. So if they wanted to get divorced or leave their wives, they just had them committed. And the women had no recourse or no action. So in the 1990s, took till the 90s to close down all these institutions. They're trying to figure out who's actually insane, who's become insane from being in a mental institution for 50-odd years, um, and who's totally sane. And this woman played by Rooney Mara at a young age and Vanessa Redgrave, and there's a lot of going back and forth. Just think about that casting for a moment. With those two actresses playing the same character, just boom. Unbelievable. Yeah. They were both unbelievable. Um, and they're trying to figure out exactly what the story was and why she was put where she was and sort of tells the story of Irish history through her eyes kept in a mental institution. Uh, and I show up at the end and sort of pull the story all together and sort of explain. Sort Daniel O'Brien. Daniel O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, it was incredible. All my scenes were actually with Eric Bana, which what a hunk. 
Well, I mean, and we have a picture of you and and and, and Eric Banner. Oh, I want to say this. Oh. <laughs> it's there, Chris. No, but it's like because you guys just being like, well, and Eric Banner goes from being like super super hunk to being like the normal guy because. He's you cute. standing next to Eric Bana, I'm sorry. He's like, he's like can six I be in the scene? three, giant. Each one of his legs are like, I don't even know, bigger than my whole body. Um, <laughs> yes, we know you're skinny Omar Sharif Jr. <laughs> um, All the no, that was, yeah. Huh? We'll find that. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, we'll find it. Um, but uh, the energy on set must have been very unique. Yeah, it was. It was... Um, it was one of the last day, uh, last few days of shooting, um, and it was uh, it was special. Uh, my grandfather as well had a really small role in it, mm-hmm. and it was the last film that he ever made. Um, it was more of a cameo than anything, um, and so it was. Uh, he was with me on my first film, and then I was with him on his last. So it sort of went full circle. Wow! In that way, I never get emotional on this show, uh, but when I was. Finding out more information about oh, this there we film. Are. I see it's down here. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was finding out information about that, and it was like, um, <laughs> yes, a lot of the themes in your in in who you were playing are were the themes that were happening in real life, such as uh, your grandfather being on set, and we know now that he was suffering from Alzheimer's. Uh, my grandma is suffering from dementia for eight years now, and what it does to the family dynamic, what it does um, to the day to day is is unfathomable um and the fact that yeah it was really tough i mean at the end of the day while he was on set when i even if i wasn't in the scene you know i was there as um sort of a caregiver as well so and when we did have a couple shots together i was at one time playing a character but at the same time knowing i'm his grandson and i have to take care of him because it was really the late stages there um and we were just trying to get whatever shots we could he had agreed to the role during a particularly lucid day, and then by the time we got to, he got to Ireland. There was, there was not much there anymore of him. But what memories and what what a great um, what a great moment in cinematic history. And I'm telling you, you have to watch this film because it's beautiful in so many different ways. Um, and I I just love uh, the stories of you and your grandfather. I, I think it's I think it's just. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> you guys, the show is like, ow. And you get a car, and you get a car. <laughs> we're like Oprah all of a sudden. Um, uh, <clears throat> but uh, watch the film because it's 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 just great. And I, I think honestly, it's already on iTunes. It, I think it's already it is. Right? Yeah. Do iTunes? Please okay. watch it. I was gonna say, I need a. Uh, this is what I'm doing with my night. <laughs> <laughs> no, do it. Uh, you'll be in tears. You'll definitely be in tears, especially knowing everything that was going on behind the scenes. Um, and I, I'll be honest, I didn't know about this film until I was doing research for today. And I was like, Are you kidding me? Yeah, um, it went through a bit of a rocky road because it was um, being distributed by Relativity Media. And Relativity filed for bankruptcy yeah. and it got stuck yeah. in the bankruptcy protection. And so it couldn't be released for some two years. Um, finally just got released re- uh, about six months ago. Now it's on iTunes. So some fan emails. Uh-oh. You speak many different languages. Mm-hmm. Which language do you enjoy speaking the best? And which language sums up your thoughts the best? I thought this was a great question, by the way. I was like, God, why didn't I think of that? That's a tough one. Yeah. Um, So I grew up speaking almost, uh, I speak seven languages, um, but that's because my family's been really mixed and I traveled a lot as a child growing up between multiple countries. Um, I would say I 
because I watch media in English, I'm most proficient probably in it, even though Arabic or Hebrew are probably my first languages mm. and languages I speak the best. Um, but I just express myself better in English emotionally. Mm. Uh, so I would say that. I would say English. This is me. Um, what is your uh, like religious view? I don't know that I have one. I think culturally I subscribe to like different elements of all of them. Uh, you know, my mother was is Jewish. Uh, my father is Muslim. My grandfather, Omar, was Catholic and converted to Islam. So we would still do Christmas and Easter, though. Um, so I don't know. We would celebrate all holidays, but more the cultural aspects to them. Hmm. hmm. Yeah. This is just <laughs> like, ah, more, more, more. Uh, we also got an uh, uh, email. What was it like uh, rehearsing for the Academy Awards scene with Kirk Douglas? That was incredible. Um, so I don't get starstruck, ever. Um, but when they said, you know, we have something that we want you to do with Kirk Douglas and not to meet Kirk Douglas, um, I got a little nervous right away. And he showed up on to rehearsal the day before the Oscars, and he just said to me, um, he had just had a stroke recently. He was 93 years old. God bless him, he's still doing well. Um, and he said, I'm not going to follow the script. I'm going to improv the night of. Just go with it. Whatever I do, just go with it. And how do you say no to like Kirk Douglas? <laughs> I was like, I don't no, think Grandpa, the we're not going to do that. Yeah. Like it. I was like, I don't know the Oscars, one billion people watching live. I don't know that I really want to improv and just go with the flow with you, um, walking <laughs> with the cane and like, I don't, I don't know that we could do this. But you like really interacted with him, and when somebody's on a cane and it's Kirk Douglas, I was like, I, I, but you, you committed to the character. Yeah, I mean, we had fun. We had fun doing it, and. Um, it was a great moment. I, I really enjoyed it, but I was nervous. <laughs> so you did end up doing improv. We did. At, wow. We did a fake mock fight over his cane. <laughs> <laughs> but only after he stole the show and went on for like seven minutes being fun of audience members. <laughs> it's like, where is he going? And they're like signaling from the back of the stage. They're like, get him off. Shut him up. I'm like, I'm going to shut him up. <laughs> it's Kirk Douglas. How do you do that? Shut him up. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, shut up uh, uh, Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway at the last. Oh, God. Um, you've branded the family name in such a great way that it, it transpires so many different generations. Matt, I want to talk about branding because branding is such a general term, right? And that is your specialty. So when somebody says branding to me, it's like, you have to brand your radio show. I'm like, oh, God. Uh, like, uh, <laughs> what now, sweetie? Right? Like chocolate bars with, with, with a name on it. Um, <laughs> Chris has to go to the bathroom, everybody. <laughs> yes. Um, about to. <laughs> um, what are the top things a company or an artist should think about like like branding like what are the top things that we should do to brand ourselves yeah well, i mean i think the, i think there'd be a lot of answers for that in fact when i'm up there on stage talking about how companies should uh, market themselves and pursue the lgbt market i would say there's a lot of right answers but in this mm. case um in this situation um we're dealing a lot more with it's a merging of public relations and content and social media so it's a very different perspective than it was years ago when, when everything was very textbook. Where branding and marketing, you know, you would go to, you'd go to school, you would learn exactly the, the I think they called them the four Ps, and you would, it, everything was all about, uh, there's a certain science to it. And now, you know, that's why the word authentic gets thrown around out there a lot. Because now it's just real people 
um, doing real things and putting themselves out there. And what happens is that a brand or a company has has had to learn to let go of a lot of the things that they used to think that they were in control of. So what is a brand? Well, a brand now is very much part of public domain, public society, where people determine whether it's uh, through their Instagram photos for what they're posting um, on on Facebook or what the company is doing with the with the people that they work with or the people that represent them. All of that is now incorporated into kind of this new version of what the brand is, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So what are the first steps that a company yeah. should take? Yeah, well, I mean, when it comes to you know branding, it's just I always even go back to – That was it, fast, Chris. Did you wash your hands? Was. I did. <laughs> Good. <laughs> it just is – What's it, before all that? It's what story do they want to tell? You know, they they have a message they want to get out, and um, the question really becomes, you know, how do they do that? Who do they want to reach, and so forth? And then from there, it just be, it just the uh, everything kind of falls into place as far as how they're going to be able to kind of translate that into how they present their company to the world. I'm thinking of Omar Sharif condoms. Ah. They come in like original and hummus flavored. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. This is such a. <laughs> A, sh- a different direction. <laughs> did he say? Yes. Well, Spock Lube would totally help if, that. Wait, did hummus. you say ho- homeless or hummus? <laughs> hummus. Hummus flavor. Okay. I was, I was like, when you were homeless? <laughs> Perfect. We needed to lighten that up. No. We like hummus. Yes. Yeah. Well, and, and to my listeners, you know, this is a little bit about On the Rocks. We always are just like yes, crazy yes. fun. This has been really um, emotional and on so many different depths, which I love. You know, yes. this is why we have gay, straight, in between, mm. trans fans, everybody. Um, So I want to know this for my personal self. Mm -hmm. Is Facebook going away? No. I don't think so. Here's the thing. I used to post on Facebook and get like shares and blah, blah, blah. Now artists that I'm interviewing don't even post on Facebook anymore. It's It's like, ugh, I I need to tag you. So people are saying, well, Twitter is, I still don't understand Twitter. As Mm -hmm. many years it's been around, I'm like, I only do it because of the show. I yeah. never would log into Twitter and retweet something or, or anything. Mm-hmm. They're saying, oh, Instagram and Snapchat. Can't stand Snapchat. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you ate today. Like, I really don't. <laughs> I can barely eat <laughs> to keep my figure. And I want to watch you eat something? No. Mm-hmm. Right? Or uh, see naked men all day because then I get desensitized. And, well, I don't really send you know, Snapchat. <laughs> but, but how do you promote the show on Instagram? I mean, because they get to see the photos. They see it, but well, I tagged you. You didn't repost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure you're well, right. One thing. I mean, I've because I've been paying attention to it now. Getting to well, know, that's kind it, of like the socialite life. The, is which how it, many likes? How many likes? Which it is. But the thing is, uh, what I've already mentioned already was, and he mentioned just now is branding. It, individualism, being yourself, is becomes such a more cool thing. Like, that is what people want to see. That's what people get interested in. And the more that people realize that, I mean, obviously there are, are you know, people that have 50 million followers that don't really do much original anything except put on a bunch of makeup and try and be pretty. There's indifty. some shade going on <laughs> here because I think we're talking about the same person. No, but, but no, being individual. And then also it's, it's what you want to, what do you want to do? How do you want to represent yourself or your business or your company or your idea? Like for me, I do my Instagrams. I don't post every day or twice a day or at the specific time. But I like think you should post you should. twice a day. That's what they say. That's what they, two, yeah, two times a day, every day, different content. You post around six o'clock when everyone's off of work and they're checking their Instagram. Oh, I don't pay attention at times because. I'm just saying there's a lot of things. And then there's the people that are on, yeah, the Snapchats. 
and I mean Facebook. Like I, I, I use Facebook for personal. That's like my personal thing. And then I just have if my Instagram gets. It took you post- like three days to answer my uh, message. No, because if I do a, an Instagram post or whatever, it goes to my Facebook. And then if I if I post on Instagram, it goes to my Facebook and my Twitter because I don't really use the Twitter either. The, the Twitter. <laughs> it's like the look at me not you, not sounding like Facebook. a millennial. <laughs> so Matt, yeah, yeah, yeah. what is the future then? Well, no, but you, but you were saying, and so like with Facebook, I try to I tell people it's it's a uh, it's been great training wheels. It's a great way to get started. But I mean, even my my mom is, is now. I mean, she's great on Facebook now, and she used to she used to try to figure out like, why are you guys doing this? And she's a great grandmother now. She'd hate for me to say that, but she's a great grandmother, and she's on it because she wanted to see her great grandkids growing up. Exactly. And that was a big part. And then she learned, and next thing you know, that's the number one sh- way she stays in touch with me is through fake Facebook Messenger. And I think now for the older generation, mm-hmm. it's really becoming yeah. that vehicle. My question is, if Facebook were to all of a sudden blow up, we would lose. I was grown up with like photo albums. You had this photo album for this mm-hmm. year and this year and Christmas, and you had these boxes. Our photo albums now are virtual. Yeah. What if something, God forbid, were to happen, mm-hmm. and all of those pictures get wiped away? Mm-hmm. We would have no physical proof. Say, I'm famous, sweetie, <laughs> right? <laughs> but Facebook is essentially like the small town in that sense. It's like a Main Street USA, because the biggest you could ever be is five thousand. Mm-hmm. Go well, that's a lot, but. At the end of the day, and it's but five, like a fan page. Ah, but the fan page, nobody, nobody, uh, who's going to see it? Who's going to see the stuff? Because Facebook has said, if you post it on and fan page, that ages all of us because now it's kind of a business page. Or, but you know, it's gone through these iterations. But at the end of the day, Facebook wants you to pay them to be able to get that message out to the audience. Now they're really good at that, though. So you can craft an audience and say, I want to reach people in LA that have a specific interest in either my show or my types of shows or competitor shows. And you can reach them. I mean, that's phenomenal. So you think Facebook ad buys are relevant? They're probably one of the best. They're probably one of the best when it comes to target. They're the most, they know more about us than anybody else does. So if you wanted to use big data and say, I'm going to try to reach that same audience with banner ads and so forth, no. Google well, Google AdWords. Google it's, uh, AdWords. Yeah, that that's was, Chris, you're in radio. You should talk into the microphone. Yeah. No, oh, sorry. Um, Google AdWords. Google AdWords. What's about <laughs> that? It's the it's this. I don't know what to do. Like, I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. It's the same. It's it's a, and I, I'll try to I'll try to keep it as easy of an answer. But it's just uh, Google AdWords. They um, Google doesn't know as much about us. Facebook knows our interests, so it knows that you know you have interests. You want to travel to Puerto Vallarta, and, and it Facebook knows that. listens to you. By the way, yeah, like yeah. one time I was having a conversation as a joke about girdles. <laughs> girdles. I'm, I'm a husky man, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden on Facebook, all of these girdles, girdles for men yeah, popped up. I was like, yeah, yeah. "How dare you?" Yeah, There's but it's a, that's where um, if it took me days, or if I never even saw the Instagram you had done, but I did see your your tweets, and because that's the whole thing is that. I, what you're seeing is that Facebook was at training wheels, but Twitter is like the big city. Twitter, it, and for most of us, they say, oh, "I don't get it. I don't." You know, it's, everybody has to get there in their own way. But it's like it's noisy, it's busy. But once you kind of get into it, you start to realize it's it's uh, it's it's where things are moving over into. Well, and as a performer, or and yeah. Omar, like you have a you have a fan uh, page, and you have the Facebook and all that. We don't have time for that. We're busy doing what we're doing. We mm-hmm. don't have time to do all that. Yeah. But you get you just have to prioritize you know where you're going to put your time and so like when you talk about you post it on Instagram that's going to go into Facebook and Twitter we're probably kind of wasting your time in that sense because what happens is that when you go from Instagram to Twitter it's a link nobody really sees it most people look at Twitter it's like a dumping ground they just mm-hmm. throw the stuff over there and it's like hey if somebody sees it great if not 
but there's a lot of people that are used that are because it's a very it's a structure there's a language to it and there's a lot of people that are really into it a lot meaning millions and uh and you're seeing businesses and people you know there are pride festivals if you're at pride and you take photos and you post them on facebook my friends are going to see it but it's like a silo so just i'm speaking to the choir but when i put it on Insta- on on twitter and i hashtag it just right connected up to the pride festival and so forth all of a sudden you have the potential to speak to a lot more people and as things are kind of progressing and and as it continues to grow you're finding that those people have whether it's individuals or it's uh the advocate doing a story about the kind of rehash of the pride festival or it's even like new york times coming out they're all now on a much more level playing field where people are gravitating towards this stuff and so kind of what we're doing is helping companies try to navigate all that and figure out like how do i fit into more of the Twitter sphere than anything else. I can promise you, it's taken off like like wildfire right now. It's super dangerous though, because I, I don't know as a person, a, a yeah. personal per, as a person that was just using Twitter the other day. I tweeted something about I, I, I rarely tweet about uh, yeah. transparent being such an important show for trans inclusion and how it needs to continue even without Jeffrey Tambor. I and just had this conversation. Oh, sorry. Sorry. It became the headline of Variety that I called on him to quit and leave oh, the show, mm-hmm. and now I've been getting a lot of hate mail that I'm the reason he's leaving the show, and I'm like, no. That's not what I was saying, yeah. but it People literally the tweet it. showed up on Variety, on the Hollywood yeah, Reporter, yeah, yeah. on the AP stories. And no, it's not. It's, it's you're quoted. You're on the record. I wouldn't call Something it. Like. Yeah, I hear you, and I wouldn't call it dangerous. But the but the upside is is that if you'd posted on Facebook, your friends would have seen it. And now all of a sudden, when you put it on Twitter, it's it's more real. It's more out there, and anybody can reach it. And but I also heard it on Facebook, and because I, I see the insights, people view, but they don't interact. They won't yeah. comment, like or whatever. Like even when you you know posted. Um, it, it's just it's just so odd. It doesn't get that interaction on Facebook, but people are still seeing it. Mm-hmm. Well, they see it, but what's the point? They're not even engaged, and they see. And Facebook is telling you they see it. They go back and forth and say, "Well, maybe we have misreported some of that." Because at the end of the day, with that many people, with thousands of people seeing it, some somebody's got to like it. Mm-hmm. And when they tell you that five thousand saw it, but you had ten likes, there's a little. There's the math is off. With Twitter, the goal is, and this is where I get geeky at that point, but with Twitter, it's 10%. You're always looking for shooting for a 10% engagement rate, which only means 1,000 people see it, 100 people should like, comment, share, or something. Well, we don't always good. Get, we don't always get 10%, but if you get 5%, well, you know, that's like a you get a C. You get a score of a C uh, on, your, on your paper. But I just hate this uh, that we as artists have to think about this because it's like, let's just, just be famous and fabulous. Yeah, but it's, but it's really there. But everybody's going to get there in their own way. Uh, but we're seeing, we're seeing. Uh, that's why I was, you know, I love Instagram. You know, it's fun. You can look at all the photos. But there's nothing to, there's no call to action. So like, even when you post something and tag me, it's like I can't re-Instagram it. Yeah, I can't. Oh, it. yes, you can. They created repost, which yeah. is a separate app, and then you have to go into that app I and know. copy the link and do the, all of that. I, I think the reason I just like it is the, the, I don't know the. You the repost content. a lot, by the way. And you post a lot. I, but I, I love it. I like every single thing that you yeah, do. Because yeah. he tells a story do. from him being professional <laughs> to him being in drag, uh, not even drag, in like emo, hot topic makeup or whatever. Well, no, it's because that's that that's become my story. That's that's become my story is that is it does show all the different aspects of my life. And I like you go through and you see I cook. I was auditioning for MasterChef. I'm I you know, cook all the time. I, yeah, it's all vegan food. That is it's now vegan food. I don't just allow vegans on very the show. Recently vegan. Excuse me, Rhea is a vegan. That's why she's such a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Now, Omar. I know, does does Chris use Instagram? I do. He you has do. five pictures. Five pictures. <laughs> Four of them are from the show. Your beard deserves an Instagram account. Yeah, oh, marijuana. Exactly. That's awesome. <laughs> what did like, I tell you? I'm more of like a Facebook dude that is Everybody barely using Instagram. 
Oh, yeah. shit, I'm still Guess in the show, Alexander. Oh, my God, bro. Weed, um, weed is vegan, by the way. Uh, yeah, I do that, too. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, your beard Why is do awesome. you think this show is so awesome? No. It's just the kind of beard you, you want to sit on. It's like, <laughs> it's like you have a perfect beard. Oh, well, hello. What do you yeah, mean, sit on? No, it'd be bristly and... No, it looks soft. Oh, my God, you guys. Tea tree. This know. is on Tea the tree oil. <laughs> Argon. Like, come on, man. Moroccan. Eucalyptus. We, we could do something. Okay. <laughs> so, Omar, this brings us back to another fan question. He wants me to get off because... No, no, no. I, I love when you hey. participate. I'm the star. <laughs> <laughs> get off, Chris. <laughs> oh, I get so many emails. What did Chris wear today? I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Chris, he would be a bigger part of the show. But literally, he has five. Uh, <clears throat> and he has a huge crush on Joanna Cassidy. And she said that, yes, it probably will happen. Wow. Blade Runner. Um, your dating life. Where do you find men to date? Because we know that you're a bachelor. Um, and what would be a great first date for you? I got so many emails about what would a good first date be for you. Good first date. Um, I like going to see movies as a first date. I know that's weird. Everyone says that's But I love it weird. too because somebody's opinion on a movie dictates who they are, right? Yeah. And I mean, even if there's no chemistry... At l- and there's something to be said. You can feel <laughs> chemistry sitting next to someone. I don't know. Not being able to talk to someone, you kind of know if you're interested sitting next to them. Are they going to hold my hand? Doesn't that mean not? superficial, though? No, it's just the energy between you two. I think it's a little superficial. And it's in the dark. It's all about looks. No, it's in the dark. Right? In the dark. Right. You're watching something and you get to see if they are they going to laugh? Are they going to cry? Are they going to feel nervous? And no, I agree with you, actually, because some of the best experiences I've had getting to know somebody that You're still I single. Just so you know. <laughs> I am so single. I, think I, keep on I am single by like, choice. Uh, what's happening no, right no. now? Like are by they choice. laughing? Like why, why is everybody much. laughing right now? <laughs> Fine, we'll choice. go see a movie. Let's just go. Okay. Oh my and God. Just like this that. is not the first on the rocks relationship, <laughs> by the way. No, but then you have some talk about afterwards. You can both talk about the film and see I think it's the after when you can communicate and discuss the film because I love talking about film so much. I just hate talking about myself, I think. And I think on a first date, it's very uncomfortable having to share stuff about myself. And let's um, be honest, people come to the first date knowing so much about you, and they want to ask those same questions. Yeah. So I'm a little hesitant always to share too much of myself in person. So I think a movie is a great first way to well, just yeah. skip that and just see... But there has else to, to talk let's about. agree, there has to be the after date. After, well, or the after the movie part of the date which would involve maybe go get some food or have a drink afterwards and discuss the you know one drink James yeah just one but it's a vibe too like you can feel you can feel energy bouncing off of somebody even if you're in the movie and so like by the end of the movie you can know if they're something right now oh wait a minute can I talk about when she was like I'm gonna be sitting next to Omar Sharif I can't did you not say that I did say that and I was very encouraged by another friend of mine who I have to say he fainted when I when he saw that I was gonna like not fainted but like just fell. He's like, "Oh my god, you're gonna be there with Omar Sharif Jr." Yeah, so I actually got a lot excited. of women uh, emails. It was like, a man friend that was very excited that for me to be sitting next to you. All right, well, I'm yeah. single. There we so, go. Okay. All right, go. so what is your type? What is your type from head to toe? Because I've seen you photographed on so many red carpets. Were they your dates for the night? Were they? Have we ever seen you with somebody that you've been dating? 
Uh, maybe. I was dating someone uh, for six months last year. Not with year. that platinum blonde hair, right? The platinum blonde hair. Oh, no. Why? What? He's the most <laughs> wonderful, sweet, uh, sensitive, uh, intelligent uh, person. It just didn't work out. It's a bit young for me. What probably. do you think? Quick question. What do you think about the whole type thing? Because that's a question that gets asked a lot. I've been asked a question. Yeah, but when you guys talk about type, it's a whole different thing because you guys are younger, fit. Blah, no, but blah, blah. no. But what I'm saying is that like the type is. I I feel like it's just that like, that's part of the whole. You know, like the. Yeah, I don't. Like, to like the gay. Well, we can talk to Matt because Matt well, no. has dated a few times. Because I've dated no, I've dated, <laughs> I've dated every kind of looking person from all different age groups and backgrounds, and it's literally it's individual case by case. Like I've dated a five foot two boy, you know, born and raised in Mexico. I've dated a six foot four. There's uh, nobody Mexican. Very tall. No. Well, I'm just saying I've 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 dated a lot. Like it doesn't. It's not about the look. It's not about where they were born or their background. It's about their personality. It's that's how it hits me. But let's other be people, honest. That's not 100 percent true. Uh, no, because there, obviously there are things I find attractive about people. Yes, but I'm just saying in general, it's not a type. It's not like oh well, he has to be you know this and this and that and that. But let's be honest, we're all attracted to certain things. And you can't tell your body to not be attracted to something. But I think it's funny <laughs> when, like, you guys, I love Sean, because we really can't other. tell. You really can't tell your body not to be attracted to something. You just, it just is. No, but we have, like, That's two true. fit guys talking about, like, types, whatever. You know. I'm just, I, I don't mean, okay, it's not about my body being attracted to someone like, I'm just saying that a the specific like type where people get real down and narrow and this is like this is this is my perfect man or whatever. It, I don't see that. That's what our but our imagination is like fantasy and then you know that's what well, yeah. fantasy changes every day though. Is that just me? I mean I don't no, know. But we're living in the grinder world now with no fats, no fams. Yeah, no you can this, literally yeah. in but a I, second no, yeah, no, yeah, no, even no, if you're no, physically no, attracted to somebody yeah. and then they open up their mouth and then it's like, oh you yeah. Know, yeah. It's like it's just like it's not yep. you're not limited to so like you have only like more than one filter happening at the same time. You're right. It's only like three dates after that. Uh Charlene. Yes, sir. I'm going to ask you. What? To sing again. <sighs> okay. Right now? I want to send this message. Since we're sending so many messages today, I'm like, I feel so uncomfortable. I was like, I've never been so serious on the show. Uh, but for Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is hard for a lot of people. People that cannot be with their families. Uh, families that don't feel included. I'm telling you, if you have a good friend, call them, text them, whatever, because that is your family. Um, and so we have another song by Charlene. And then when we come back, it's Rapid Fire. Okay. Yep. All right. This song is called Know Enough, and it's just about trusting yourself. I know enough to know I don't know much at all Now how does that saying go About pride before the fall 
biting my tongue here Instead of speaking my mind Cause if I say what I'm thinking My words will be out of line So I take a quick moment to clear my head Before I say something that I never should have said Another quick moment to catch my breath Cause what I'm feeling right now It's got me on the edge On the edge We're going To be free again ah, That's my girl, Charlene. Damn girl. Damn girl. Oh, oh, uh, play that picture again. This was 10 years ago. Oh my goodness. <laughs> so we're all posing for a picture. Look at me. <laughs> I'm sucking down my drink because I think it was last call. Do you wow. see that? It's literally wow. everybody just. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> 10 years that. ago. Yeah, that red jacket, that's gone. That was my favorite jacket. Oh, so I look at old pictures and I was like, oh, I don't have that anymore. Yeah. Uh. Oh, Lord. All right. <clears throat> uh, we just got this question, so we're going to do this, and then we're going to do rapid fire with you two. So this last question okay. is for everybody. Uh, it was said, uh, we're pretty busy, so how do we take our private moment for ourselves, and what is it that we do in our private moment? So I will open it up so you guys can all prepare. Mine is literally watching Real Housewives. If I'm working till 1 in the morning... I will still watch Housewives because it'll help me sleep better. It'll give me me time. I know it sounds probably so gay, but it's 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 what I do. That's me time, and there's nobody else in the room sometimes, or they're asleep. <laughs> James, because um, you go from working a full time job to the nightlife. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To losing and your wallet. By the way, <laughs> will you stop mentioning? I swear it got stolen. I didn't lose it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> uh, working, yeah, no, working at uh, 
uh, and especially this job, which is opening up a brand new restaurant. It's called Bar Verde, by the way, because I promised my is general it vegan? manager. It is not vegan, actually. <laughs> it actually has really, still winning the fight. <laughs> really amazing food. It's farm to table. It's good, and it's on the third level of Nordstrom in Century City at the new mall. So oh, that's uh, so inclusive. Awesome. I, no, I'm just letting you know it's it's cheap. Actually, believe it or not, at wild, Nordstrom there's wild Alaskan king salmon on the menu. That's oh. twenty three ninety five. Go to any other restaurant and try and find wild Alaskan salmon for that price. I hate it's salmon. salmon. It's just so the salmon a la How much is the burger? You can take me to the Ritz Carlton, and I'm gonna order. The, the burger. burger, the Bar Verde burger is 14, I believe, with the oh, yeah, fries on the side, and it's 20% dry aged beef. It's delicious mm. as well. Mm. Uh, they don't have those, they, they discontinued those at this location for some uh, reason. Yeah, I'm sorry. What I'll was that term you just used? Kind of aged what? It's 20% dry aged beef. Only 20%? Is it like the round edge? No, as that in... That means they left it out too much. 20% of it that is... That means they charge. That's the extra charge. Anyway, the, to answer the question... <laughs> but no, literally, what are they talking about? 20%? my shameless plug for my restaurant. Um, 20% dry aged beef. Dry but, aged? Do you not know what... Which 20%? Let's change my grinder profile oh description. <laughs> 20% dry aged beef. It brings out the robust, dark flavors of the meat. <laughs> I want the Omar Sharif Jr. comedy hour because yes. it's there, girl. Yes. It is definitely it is there. So there. Yep. Um, yeah, no, I'm I'm very much a you know sit and watch Netflix and just like chill and eat, make myself some dinner, make myself some popcorn. Vegan, yeah. Leave me alone on the vegan <laughs> shit. So uh, All right, how do you take your personal time because you're not only traveling <laughs> and deal with different time zones. You're thinking with so many different personalities with vendors, and we know gay business owners can demand a <laughs> lot of energy. My sponsors, I love you to death, but don't text me. A lot of energy. <laughs> Just uh, wherever I'm at, but even when I'm at home, I'm I'm spoiled because I have Central Park in front of me, and so I'll uh. actually when I. Uh, when, uh, when I just life want is to, tough, isn't it? Take know. me with you. So I'll just take a walk through there, you know, and it's just it's a it's a great little it's a quieter part of the of the city and the park because it's on the northern. So side. So our tip is take a walk through take Central a little, Park. <laughs> take while a walk you're living through, in a penthouse. Take a walk through the park. No, I don't live in a penthouse. Mm. Just a uh, nice little spot in Harlem, or I'll just watch. Uh, or I have a nice little. My mindless TV will often be you know, his, <laughs> History Channel. All right. Uh. Cooking History shows. Channel has changed now. And now it's like ghosts. Well, and, yeah. Like, I don't watch yeah. that stuff. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Sure. No, no swamp people for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to take walks in nature and be around trees. I was up north, mm-hmm. and it's like the redwoods are there. And then I went even further up north, and I was in the old growth forest of the Pacific Northwest. And it's just there's just this nice hush, and everything's soft and green, and you know, giving life. And it, it's just nice to be in that and absorb the good vibes from the trees. P.S. Linda uh, Escaval says you're the uh, you're a star, Charlene. Oh. Linda, hi, Linda. <laughs> you speaking my language, like taking walks through the trees. Mm-hmm. I mean, Charlene I is such me. a star. But like, oh. I have to tell you something. Tell me, please. Like, you just I, I'm going to be totally late, insensitive. Right? Like, like, I'm going to be very insensitive. That's okay. I can take it. I mean, with your story, you like the walks. You're in nature. You love the trees. You told us about your parents. I'm so sorry. And then the fire. It's literally the story of Bambi. (laughs) 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 And I'm I'm Thumper, right? Literally, I'm like, I don't know if this copyright infringement. I. But I'm Thumper with the high voice and the loud foot. Yes, my. I mean, you know, my niece when she was a little girl, she watched Bambi over and over and over again, and her parents. (laughs) 
said, okay, you want, you're watching too much TV and you can't, no more Bambi. And so then I remember... literally the worst movie ever. No, but she came, <laughs> the worst so movie. Home, this is how much of a politician she was at, at that little girl age. I came home one day and she's like, she's like, and she had a list. She's like, and we called each other Tanti. You know, Tanti Tharlene, do you want to watch... Bambi run through the meadow. <laughs> so she invited me to watch because if I was watching, then she could just so happen to be in the room. <laughs> yeah. So cute. Yeah. So that's, yeah, Bambi's cool. Mm. You know, it's not, an, I mean, <laughs> look, there's Bambi pictures. Yeah. <laughs> but it ends happy, right? Yes. You know, so the story's not over. I'm just in the middle of the story. It's not over yet. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's a, good. you know what, if, if anything, what they say is what rises through the ashes. Totally. You know, it's but you guys, yeah. it's so and like you guys have been through the rung of it. The toughest thing I did was when Sizzler said no more cheese toast. And I was like, oh my god! <laughs> but like you guys what? have been through the the rung of it, and so struggle is a different term to you guys. You know, it's life. It's normal it at is, this point. It is for at, a lot of people, and point. it's uh, the thing is, is that. The people that go through the struggle, honestly, they end up becoming some of the the greatest or the most. Christina Aguilera, no greatest, but grateful. Uh, grateful. You appreciate well, the highs. Did you see? Her. He's such a great spokesman. He just turned that. No, yeah. because it's it's what That's I mean in that is that there's there's people that have you know they've they've been born with you know fame, but they never they never created real art because they never had anything to teach them. What they weren't expected to. And your whole journey is so different, where art was expected and encouraged. Yeah. <sighs> the struggle makes you stronger. It I does, will say that. For sure. Yeah, but you say that to somebody that's homeless, and it's like, uh, okay, you know, now what do I do? You get strong and you figure it out. <laughs> you find something to, it's, to it's, you find passion. You find something to express something. I've seen people that I've sat with on the streets that are currently homeless that are creating art that was some of the most beautiful stuff that I've ever actually witnessed. Whether it be playing music or or finding garbage to put together into a, a piece of art, and you know they they do it for themselves and and someone that appreciates the struggle they see it and it's something it means something to me and it taught me a lesson it's going to teach someone a lesson you find things to be grateful for like when when thing when everything's gone then all of a sudden well not even all of a sudden but you just notice things like well well that's pretty cool I, i like that you know like that's a that's a that's a cool thing just and this is it's anything you can find gratitude in a lot of things and that's part of it and that's your on the rocks thanksgiving special well no but i'm, I'm getting messages and so yes I'm, I'm getting so many messages which means we're bringing true not to say this thanksgiving like not to be so deep but if you feel alone and you're going to a friend's house your friends sometimes are your family in many 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 times so do not feel bad um and if you're lonely uh, you can message all of us. <laughs> yeah. Any right? of us. I will be there. This is going to Oh, honey, be you'll s- be in a lot of different houses. Things. On Thanksgiving. No, uh, honestly, it's I have been because it was I didn't get to celebrate Thanksgiving growing up, and you understand that mm-hmm. too. My first Thanksgiving was at you know multiple houses, and it was like so magical for me. But literally, my my family, people that I have that are so close to my heart, that my best friend Maria. Oh, shout out to you, Maria. Mia. I have her tattooed right here, her nickname that I gave her. You told me I, you had my name tattooed on you. <laughs> you know what? If you get to that point, it's going to be in a completely different area of my body. <laughs> if. But 
No, it's very true because your friends, you you end up making your family, especially when you you know you lose family in one way or another at some point, whether they pass away or whether you have differences that separate you, coming out or different religious beliefs or political beliefs or whatever. Well, I'll tell you what my mom and I are doing because it's my mom and me and my grandma that is in advanced stages of dementia. We're ordering McDonald's and we're we're gonna watch the worst movies ever made. Oh, day long. <laughs> I want to, okay, either you need to do a live stream or I want to be there for that. Oh, there'll be no live stream because my mom would be like. <laughs> <laughs> All right, rapid fire. We have to wrap it up. Who wants to go first? Omar or Shirley? Let's go together. Okay, let's do it. We're going okay. to go. We're teaming up. You're going to make me connect the dots. Yeah. Omar Sharif. I got this email so many times. Uh, You're a celebrity crush. Oh, Zach Efron. <clears throat> Charlene. <laughs> I got a lot of judgment in the room. I thought this was a no judgment zone. <laughs> it is a, a lot of judgment. Oh, I never said judgment that. Free. Charlene. Yes, sir. Uh, if you were going to record your dream duet, who would it be, living or dead? And I actually got this email. From really? My dream recording? Oh, my gosh. Well, I have two answers. I mean, like because he's dead... I grew up with Prince. That's just, oh my God. How do you do that? I'll be honest. Prince, man. Prince for Prince. But alive, and he's also my celebrity crush, um, Amos Lee, because his voice is like magic to me. Amos Lee, I've never heard that name before. That's okay. You will. So let's tell our listeners Amos Lee. Who is he? He's a singer songwriter out of Philadelphia. But, um, you know, he's. Yeah, Amos, A M O S. Which happens to be my dad's first name, actually, too. Last name, Lee. And, uh, L-E-E? L-E-E. Yeah, and he, uh, he's he got this magical voice that I just love. I, I never tire of hearing it. I've never heard that. Well, now you are. I'm exposed. But, Prince, I, I'm, I, I have to say, like, I'm so... I don't think it was... Well, you, you know, Alexander, me. you know, I won't judge you for that. I won't hold that against you. I, you won't lose me as a friend. All right. It's rapid fire. Uh, Omar. Yo. I got this email too. Your biggest pet peeve. Ah. <laughs> People who are rude to waiters. Uh. That's a first date in Dickinson. Mm. Yeah. Seriously. Let me tell you. Charlene, <laughs> title of your book. Purple Banana. <laughs> I was thinking Purple Rain. It's a Omar, your dream yeah. co-star. So tough. Huh? That's such a tough question. I don't know. Goldie Hawn. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. Shade. Charlene, most embarrassing song on your playlist? Ah. Uh, frozen. <laughs> Let it go. Let it go. I listen with pride. I, I don't no, know. No, I mean, I actually said frozen because I was frozen and couldn't think of oh, anything. But oh, I'll, go okay. with, I'll go with we that. We all jumped. No, no, I was no, 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 no. Okay. We're not gay or that. anything. We're not very good at this rapid fire. <laughs> no, we're not. I'm not rapid or firing. <laughs> Omar Sharif, yep. we're 10 years in the future. Who's going to play you as a young person in your movie? Zach Efron. <laughs> <laughs> I could actually see that. <laughs> Charlene, worst fashion trend that you've fallen victim to, and you have done many fashion trends. Oh, gosh. Uh, pedal pushers. Th- that's like the high waters? Yeah, but like they had, they, they were n- like knickers. They were like knickers. 
Omar, last TV show that you binge watched that you didn't leave your house, you just watched the show. Will and Grace. The new season? No, I'm rewatching all the old ones right oh, now. Okay. Just had to ask. <sighs> okay. Charlene, your least favorite song. Um, baby songs. Any any song that has baby baby repetitively in it. Like, and there like are a lot of baby, them. baby 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 oh. Baby, yeah, baby, baby got back. No, I was thinking Justin Bieber. Sorry. <laughs> baby, baby. No. You know, there's there are a lot there are lots of babies. You guys, songs. this is on the rocks. We were really emotional, so thank you so much for sticking with us. Um, we were authentic. authentic. Yeah, this is probably like, yeah. Um, all right, I don't even know what to say because it's like, oh, you guys, let's all give uh, a hooray to the show and mm-hmm. to our listeners because uh, I get emails from so many different states, whoever you are. And Omar, why, why don't you give this toast to whoever you are, whatever city you are in? What's oh, okay, message? I'm going to yeah. fill in the blanks. It's like yeah. Mad Libs uh, to end the show. Because I don't usually get this, but I'm like... Anyway. Wherever you are, no matter who you are, know that you're perfect and wonderful and beautiful. Enjoy Thanksgiving. Enjoy your family, the family that you're born into, and the family that you made amongst friends. Cheers to everyone. Cheers. 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 We'll see you next Tuesday. This has been On the Rocks with Alexander every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on Universal Broadcasting Network. Find me on Facebook on On the Rocks Radio Show. Tweet me or Instagram me at On the Rocks On Air. See you next Tuesday.